Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong. And welcome to Say What. It's November 4th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins. With me is uh, Walt Silva and Dolly Howard. Did Mona get in yet? Yes, no, anybody out there? How come uh, Annie and Jan, or how come they're not invited? They're they're on the they're on the chat. Because it's not their show. Oh, <laughs> they got to be scheduled. Just because they're in chat, <laughs> it doesn't mean. <laughs> I thought they were significant enough to be worthy of. I mean, if they want to come on, but I, I doubt it. I mean, you know. Maybe they have more fun things to do than be here. They probably oh, have something to do, yes. I would think probably, yeah. And I don't Yeah, if it's not their scheduled time. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't know why Mona's not here though. Well I I haven't seen her. Well I, I messaged her this morning and it seemed like she was gonna be here, so and I don't oh. see where's the phone? Oh there it is. Well I I fell asleep and I didn't wake up until like 5.15. Maybe they fell asleep? I don't know. Or Mona did? Uh, let me just give her a... We are started the radio show. Are you going to come with us? <laughs> you going to join us? <laughs> okay. Well, it's always a journey, isn't it? Okay, so we are on the journey of say what. Um, interesting show, Jan. Um, I have to say that um, I kind of missed the other one, <laughs> but this was this was good. But it's almost like I want you to do two because I used to get so much news on the other one. This I had to actually think. It was kind of oh. Well, well, my brain wouldn't accept what words she was saying. What was she doing that? What was she doing? What do you mean? What was the show about? Yeah, what was the show? Well, you had to listen to it. Well, I tried, but my brain wouldn't accept it. Oh. It was one of those things again where my brain says, no, you're not going to listen to this. <laughs> well, maybe well. because you were expecting the other version of news, and instead she gave us, you know... A real good discussion about good and evil in the spiritual battle. And, you know, so. Mm. It, it no, I didn't know. That's why I was asking you, what was she doing? I knew it was different, but I didn't know why. I didn't understand her show tonight. And I always loved Jan's show. So I got a little frustrated with myself. So it was too deep, too philosophical? I guess. I don't know. Well, it, the, the words just wouldn't even go in. <laughs> mm. uh, so, um, okay, so you, do, you don't have a list. I know you don't have a list, but do you have something on your mind that you wanted to, to talk about? Uh, let's see. I didn't. Of course, I forgot, and I thought, well, I'll remember this. <laughs> I didn't remember. <laughs> well, oh, 
Okay. I missed her intro. I'm sorry, Jen. I was sleeping. I really am sorry, because I love your show. I set an alarm and it didn't go off. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I think of when I think of things in that or Nancy, I will say them uh, and I'll type them down and put them in the chat so I have a reminder. But there are things I kept thinking of over the week, but uh, it didn't get written down. It was a crazy week, Nancy. I'm so sorry. Oh, I'm so surprised. There's a crazy week in Dolly's world. <laughs> <laughs> you brat. <laughs> you, mean, you mean there's another there's another kind of week in her, well, <laughs> in her world? Not in my world, evidently. Oh, my gosh. It's just one thing after another after another. <laughs> I couldn't keep up. Well, that's what you get for being a megastar. A megastar? Yes. Where super am I? famous and super busy. Oh, no, it's not, not that kind of busy. It's crap that breaks down and you have to call and schedule people who don't show up at the right times and yada, yada, yada. <laughs> it's just crazy life. And I keep trying to tell myself, um... You can do this. God never gives you any more than you can handle. Because I I have realized that I am in a major PTSD mode from all this uh, unwanted things happening. And uh, so I'm trying to get myself out of this Funk? Yeah, funk. Thank you. I didn't know the right word to use for it. Yes, thank you. Good luck and, with that. Uh, yeah, it hasn't been <laughs> the happening. Whole, the, whole, <laughs> the whole world is in a big funk. Is that the deal? Well, <laughs> I'm with them then. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, you weren't with Jen us. Jen is offering her, her services if, she, if you want. She wants to come in? Yeah. If, oh. if you're if you're interested, well, sure, we'll bring her in. Oh, wait a minute, Mona's here. Ah, Mona's here. here. Yay, Mona. Mona! Are you here, oh. Mona? She's muted. You're muted, Mona. If you can hear, there she goes. There she is. Hello. Hi. We were missing you already, Mona. Uh oh. I know. Like once for yes, like twice for no. <laughs> Are you okay? I'll get through it. All right. Well, if, if Jan wants to come on for a while, why don't we just uh, bring her in for a while? And maybe she can explain to you what she was talking about. <laughs> because oh. it's, very, it's very interesting. and um, You so always say that when I can't... My word, the words don't go in my head, and to me it isn't. Well, you didn't understand it. I don't care how you got there, you didn't understand it. And I can totally understand that. Because okay. if you're expecting something else... Oh, God, is this what's happening? This thing is not doing share and connect. All right, let me... Oh, jeez. Okay, so where do I... What in the hell? 
So are you okay, though, Mona, while Nancy's playing with whatever you and I can talk about? Are you really, are you okay, even though you got trials and tribulations? Yeah, I'm, um, yeah. I keep getting through it, so I guess that's about the best that can be done. That's the way I feel, Mona. <laughs> it's frustrating. Oh, it's sad. I had somebody come up to me last week and say, I look for you every week because I don't know if I'll see you again. Oh, why? Why are they saying this? Because of the way I look, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) Oh, my. Oh, my gosh. And he's just the guy at the grocery store who collects the carts and stuff. Oh. You know, and then I have people... Are you okay? Are you? And I'm like going, well, I think so. Are you? So a lot of people are seeing how I look and worry, and now they're strangers. Well, you know that when they come up to you and say that, you know that you have people who give a shit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I see that. So you have your hand floating on the self-destruct button? No, not intentionally. Oh, no. Wow. Wow. I kind of get the feeling that people are looking at me that way, too. (laughs) Well, yesterday, Annette came in my bedroom and she said, you need to sleep. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Jan. Jan, are you there? Can you hear us? Okay. You're not being heard. So, Mona. Uh, no, I can hear you. Oh, okay. Ah. There she is. Okay. She's Go here. Ahead, Go ahead, Dolly. I'm here. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. yes. I can hear you. Good. You were asking to Mona something, Dolly. Uh-oh. Do, do you feel as bad as people are saying you look, Mona? I could probably say yes. <laughs> oh, do you? Because I don't feel as bad as what I've been uh, told that I look. Uh, I don't feel that bad. No, but you get used to the way you feel, and you really don't always know how you look. True. Yes, true. Very true. I mean, I get so out of breath just by walking five s- steps that... People are concerned, you know, and they say it on me on me more, but I'm so used to having to stop and collect myself. Struggle for your breath, yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, Jan. Hey, can Jan, you how's it going, girl? <laughs> can you explain to Dolly what you were talking about yeah. on your show? Um, yeah. <laughs> I can... I can even repeat the introduction if you like, because I was, um, you know, it was interesting. I, I, I don't know if you remember Nancy, but I did an interview with uh, Michael Grant and his now wife Marie Fleming Grant. Oh, years ago when I was doing my two-hour interview slots, and she now does uh, channeling, and I had a session with her last week. And I'd been feeling that I wasn't completely happy with the format of the show that I was doing. 
you know, it, it was taking a lot of time to gather all these articles and everything. But I was feeling it was a bit like the easy way out to just um, broadcast stuff that was already out there. And this is what I was getting from Marie when she did the channeling session that, you know, that stuff is already out in the public domain. And the message was, and, and I was feeling like I'd got this, um, the show was kind of out here just giving a very 3D uh, interpretation or reporting um, approach to things. Just, you know, basically, yeah, there was a little bit of the um, truth movement in there. Well, a lot of the truth movement in there because that was, I wasn't going to repeat my mainstream media stuff, but it was like there was that over there and then there was me over here was very much focused on the spiritual side, the empowerment side and everything else. And it was like the two are not opposed but not integrated. And um, I just felt that I needed to take a different approach and, and kind of flip the switch somewhat from being very 3D to taking a higher perspective on things. And... And so I was able, I would be able then to integrate the two elements of doing the radio show and, and the other work that I'm doing and plan to do more of. So that's why I decided to take a week off last week and really, you know, contemplate how I wanted to approach it. And that's why in this week, on this week's show, I wanted to give my perspective more on things than just regurgitating other people's news. And it, it was interesting, as I said in the show, focus very much on Wikito, which is that Native American concept. And I, when I spoke to you last night and you said, oh, you know, listen to the 5G show because you had, a recorded interview with Dean Anderson, whose book is about Wikito. And I hadn't heard can of you him. Just, can you just spell that for people so they can get yeah. it in there? Because it's a Native American. It's a Native American term. Spell it, please. Yeah, Wekito is W-E-K-I-T-O. What is Thank it? It's the concept that within us we have this um, uh, psyche that has the potential for good and evil, basically, and that um, in many cases, <clears throat> if you're not conscious of that within you, the evil side can take over. So what I was relating it to is what we're seeing in the geopolitical arena of how it's obvious that the evil side of people has taken over in in the conflict in you know in the down the rabbit hole satanic everything else and that it's it's within our power and it's our sole mission in this world of duality to actually choose between 
the evil side and the good side because we're all capable of evil. We can be really horrible at times if we choose to be or even at times. I mean, I said in the show, you know, there are things that I regret just saying and doing that I'm conscious was perhaps not my best self. But by developing the consciousness of that potential within you, you're able to, um, you know, choose the good side to be dominant. And if you look at what we're seeing in the world with the wars and the um, so many things that we've seen happen that have been exposed, particularly in this last year, the corruption, the self-serving, um, the killing, all, all the evil side of Wikito is... Um, exposing itself so i was i was you know the the idea behind the show was to link this concept of wakito the potential of evil and good in in all of us to what we're seeing actually play out on the world stage basically so it was taking a much more kind of psychological spiritual um perspective on it rather than just reporting the news if that makes sense is that clarified somewhat dolly um uh, uh yeah she's like she said i missed her first part i was sleeping um and so i missed her first part i forgot what you call it. introduction um, so she's changed her way of saying what she wants to say. And she's not going to report the uh, news that we should be hearing in mainstream media. Now all we hear about is, oh, somebody stumbled over a bomb, so it blew up and 50 million people died and got hurt 24-7 from mainstream media. So I haven't been watching that lately. So um, what I I'm have... doing, though, is is connecting what we're seeing in the news. And, and I'm not going to go into all the great detail of long articles and things. What I'm what I'm doing is linking this syndrome to what we're seeing play out. So it is still relating it to the current news. Um, but from my interpretation rather than just reading off somebody else's article so you're becoming a street reporter who <laughs> is giving her interpretation of what she's seeing yes is that it yes okay i, I got it and from a higher level perspective from more of you know the perspective of the spiritual war that's happening between good and evil, not just the 3D level of, oh, this is happening here and this is happening there, you know? Uh -huh. So you're tying in the good with what we're seeing of the bad. And, and you're explaining both sides rather than, well, actually, three yeah. sides. Your side, their side, and the other one's side. So. Sure. And, and you're tying them all together with spirituality thrown in, right? Yes. Okay, I got it. Mm. 
So, yes, it is different. It is different. And, you know, as I said, some people might not like, not like it. Some people may not agree, and that's fine. I mean, I'm very open to constructive criticism. It is different. But then, you know, I shifted how many years ago? Probably uh, four years ago from doing my it, it interviews yeah. with metaphysical and spiritual people to it, reporting it, the news. In reading the definition of this uh, of this term, uh, it sounds like just like they in human design when they talk about the not self mind, mm. because that's we're not we're not a we have a mind but we don't <laughs> we're not controlled by the mind. It's it's supposed to serve us, not the other way around. So it, it, that's why in human design they call it a not self a not self mind. And you have to pay attention to your inner authority, depending on your design. What it, what your inner authority is, is it uh, you know, depending on on which which center is. But we are not supposed to be uh, allowing ourselves to be controlled by the mind because we are, the mind doesn't know doesn't know you. Therefore, it it can't tell you what. To, for example, in human design. You, the, you every time you have to make a decision, they give you pros and cons. If the mind knew what the correct answer is for your problem, it would just know. Instead, it gives you pros and cons, pros and cons. That's because the mind doesn't know what's right for you. That's why in human design, you, you learn what is your inner authority depending on, on your design. And that's that's the that's why you 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 do have an inner authority in your life that guides you to operate correctly. But people use the mind and the mind doesn't know you. <laughs> it's just, oh, you could do this or you could do this or you could do that. And, and everyone is paying, is listening to everyone's opinion except their own. <laughs> so, well, so. you know, one, yeah. I want, I want, let, me, let me just throw this in there because um, I sent you all a, an email with a link. I'm not sure it went through right. Um, with David Icke being interviewed by Dr. Lee Merritt. And it was so synchronistic, Dolly, because on Cosmic Reality Show, Dolly was wondering about this uh, concept of a holographic universe and the Matrix and all of that. And David Icke just spells it out. It was, it was, <laughs> it was like, again, one of those synchronistic type of things. And he's just spelling it out. But he also, the question is, is that, and I'm going to play the, a clip from that later on in the show, but it, it, the question here is, maybe we've, we've got two systems that are operating, and we want to see them as one system, but really the only way you're ever going to get a grasp of it is to look at it as two systems, because what we're talking about there, that wet go, it's like, yes, I can see that, that, all right, in listening to the news, there are, and again, I only listen to Fox, but there are hosts on Fox that have gone to a state of anger and hate that I never thought I would see in them. And it's like flashes of it. People I would have said, I don't. I I wouldn't have guessed would go there. Not all of them, 
but some of them. And it's like they, they, as soon as they go there, it's almost like, you know, tripping a switch. And they go from this fairly rational, conscious human being into this really ugly energy in a flip of the switch. And I sort of like acknowledged it, but wasn't really focusing on it. But when I was listening to the two of you, I just all of a sudden I could see the, okay, we got to look at this as two levels. And one of the levels is, I think, dominated by human design, the way the body is actually constructed energetically. Now, when David Icke was talking about the, you know, that probably we're in a computer simulation of sorts, the question was, well, why? What, what is this all about? And, of course, the thing about Lush comes in, Walt. You know, and the fact that the people who are really behind the creation of this artificial matrix that's got us captured in our brains, that the loose thing is one where they feed, actually the energy is, they feed off of the energy of all the bad things, hate and, you know, all, all of the bad things. And so I'm, I'm just wondering here. We, we, the the question that is is posed also in that is that okay, but who created it beyond that? Is there a God? I'd like to think there's a God. Okay, well, what if we look back into time and see that maybe the physical body has been manipulated in a certain way that has that triggering point in its makeup? It's not rational. It's, you're not going to be more secure because you're hateful. You're probably going to be less secure. You're not going to be prosperous. What what does hate do? What What's its purpose? Well, don't to forget. The, the, yeah, but don't forget. Think about it. What do you need in order to make that use, that loose thing useful? They moved, they moved us away from the heart-centered and our... our you you remember at the time when you were on this planet and you came with your your confederates that you had to, if, if somebody died you had to take the, their heart home because otherwise they would incarnate here on earth because well, that was the that was the rule the the heart is the center of your thought not the brain they did this on purpose Okay, the, and I've the got, brain, I've, the brain focusing it, where everyone's thought is, is focusing on on the brain. It's not supposed to be there. It's supposed to be in the in the heart, because you can't control the heart, and that's they they, they don't want that. They want to control the people. So that's yes, a, that's a, that's saying, why everyone was moved. <laughs> well, what what I'm saying here is yes, there's two systems, and no matter how they got to it, they made an alteration to the basic blueprint of the human being that interacted that was part of that, the moving the, the power system probably. But if we look at ourselves as two independent systems, one, the, the physical 3D body, and then the consciousness, okay? Because I think that we spend too much time trying to figure out that rather stupid body. It's got so many things that are absolutely amazing. Oh, but yeah. 
you know, I've said so many times that the it's the mind, and I'm not talking about the brain here, I'm talking about the mind. And the mind, the body is the servant of the mind because the mind comes from a, a higher consciousness. And just going back to what Walt was saying, yeah, my human design, I'm a manifesting generator, so I'm designed to respond. Um, you know, I very off. You know, most of the time I'm responding to things, and then giving my perspective on what I'm seeing that I can respond to, and I'm tuning into that intuitive heart-based response. You know, not just doing it mentally. It's like, does this feel right? Is this? Am I hearing truth here, or am I hearing propaganda or bullshit? And that's that's why I wanted to do the show in the format it is because I can I can tap into that much more and you know let's face it this paradigm um, in the hands of the controllers is all focused on mind control it's focused on controlling how you see what's going on in the world you're su subjected to propaganda 24 7 and it's it's not just the mainstream media you're seeing it everywhere i mean i i'm on twitter quite a bit or x now and i'm seeing all different perspectives even from people as i said that claim to be truthers or spiritual and you can't you can't just take what is presented to you because they happen to fit into a certain um, category or, you know, whatever, you still have to discern every single thing that you are hearing or seeing. Now, when it comes, you know, this is the thing. I think, you know, the message I was getting was integration and it's integration of body, mind, spirit, body being one part of it and communicating with the body. And as, as you know, when I, when I had my fall and I broke my shoulder, I was literally talking to my body and giving it love and saying, oh, you're doing really great here. You know, you're healing really well. And the body responded. So I think, you know, what, what we're being prompted, well, certainly what I'm being prompted to do is to bring all these different elements together into a much more powerful center that um, can actually contribute very positively to the outcome that we all, that we on the good side of Watiko actually want to manifest, you know? Well did you notice one detail that is in my case i'm i'm so tired of listening to it and i don't even hear it anymore but whether you're looking at whatever it is that you're looking it's a commercial or a presentation or a discussion between two people it's like they can't say two words unless they're how exciting something is oh i'm so excited oh this is so exciting oh this is incredible <laughs> oh, this is like 
it's like it's a drug it's like they they have to get this fix every daily every one <laughs> once an hour you have to get this shot in your arm that you have to get excitement oh <laughs> this is a, and i remember the the corporate world where we had these inane meetings that we had to be present for some executive was discussing something about a, some new rule had been passed by the the government has passed as you and the and the presentation will go oh i'm so excited today that they, oh god the, the, can't they say two words without saying how exciting it, it's not exciting it's boring as hell you're saying exciting just to make it halfway decently attractive because otherwise people won't listen to what you're saying so it's like you notice that it's a buzzword it's a buzzword you can't say two words well oh how exciting it is and everyone stays in this excited state and it, this is i don't know how many people are familiar with the work of uh, castaneda uh, and in one of his books he discusses how it's sick the um the uh, the body when it's when it it has it has a, an energy field that surrounds the body it's, it's like a bubble surrounding the body but when you are excited that that energy field gets consumed it gets worn down down <laughs> to almost nothing so the more you're excited the more you, that energy gets consumed so it's it's a one way to keep to it's, he explains in the in the book how he that business of excitement keeps you under control keeps <laughs> you regulated i can understand that i don't get excited actually i mean to an ex i mean i've really kind of trained myself to approach everything with neutrality so i can make a conscious decision about how i'm interpreting what i'm seeing what am i really seeing here from that position of neutrality i'm a very really boring person i don't get excited at all about things because think, they're think, all think about the addiction to cell phones what is it what is the addiction to the cell phone oh because you're excited all the time oh there's there's a there's a video oh there's a there's a, a game Oh, there's this. Everything is excitement. Every every five minutes, there's something exciting you coming in uh, for TikToks or some bit of yeah, news. And, everything and is some kind of excitement. Well, I, I think it goes beyond just excitement. It's emotional manipulation, actually, because <laughs> if you think about how some people get addicted to horror films, you know, and that's generating a very extreme emotional response. It's actually a, an addiction to emotional response. And as I said on the show, you know, and I realized when I said I can't remember, I mean, Jerry Springer show, for example, you know, <laughs> I mean, it's it was designed to um, basically normalize Outrage. extreme emotion. Outrage. Outrage. Yeah, absolutely. And that in itself, I mean, when, when you talk about um, science, you know, this is going back a long way, but I remember, you know, in science class and probably chemistry or physics, I can't remember which, but when you talk about molecules or atoms getting excited and it was like an activity, an energy 
And, um, you know, it's more of a, what we're seeing is a stimulant, just like a drug that is, is prompting people to getting to these extreme states of emotion. And, you know, again, I think even excitement, because it's, it's kind of um, insane, actually. It, it's, um, what's the word? It's, anyway, I, I suspect that the, the, the negative entities can actually feed off that as much as off the negative energy of fear because it's um it's just not logical it's illogical it's irrational is the word i was looking for totally so irrational have you seen for example in the in the youtube videos where you where you have the uh, videos the uh, funny ones of people making mistakes or doing things when would they show the videos of people having experiences in uh, in for example the parks in the amusement parks it's i i, I was looking at it, it's like wow this is very sick people people actually pass out they're yelling at the top of their lungs and they they completely pass out in the in the middle of the ride and then they they come back they come back to and then they realize they're still on the ride and they scream at the top of their lungs and they faint again. And I said, how good is this for the body where the body is fainting? This is fun. This is good for you. <laughs> I'll I tell you what came into my mind that they were get, getting taken by an entity at that point. Wow. Oh, my goodness. And that's why they fainted. It's like this entity has taken control. And then they come back and then it happens again. I don't put it past. I mean, people don't realize how vulnerable they are to um, to negative entities, you know, literally coming in and taking them over. I mean, we know it happens in, you know, satanic rituals and everything else. What people don't realize is there are lots of opportunities that unconscious people are opening up to these entities to take them over. And I mean, even examples that you were saying, Nancy, about suddenly they erupt into anger and rage and these emotional outbreaks. What the hell is going on there? It's like they've completely lost control. Okay, this... Um... As you were talking, I love synchronicity. As you're talking about this, all of a sudden I'm thinking about uh, Jesse Waters' interview uh, with a vampire. And what he was saying to I'm going to play it. It's not very long, and I'm going to play it. But what he was saying to her is that his, you know, do you, do you suck blood? And she said, no, uh, it's the way that I work with energy. And he said, well, explain that to me. And he's, she said, well, when you're in an environment, um, you can suck up the energy in a room. And it, as you were saying that, I'm remembering her saying that. So what if it's people in the audience that are essentially energy vampires, whether they're human or otherwise, 
that are not trying to inhabit that person, but they've just sucked out so much of that crazy energy they had that they just drop because they've got no energy in their body. Kind of, kind of a thought, right? Mm. All right, I'm going to play this because you're not going to believe what happens. Now, remember that Jesse Waters took over Tucker's time frame, and I meant to look up to see how popular his show is. But he's got to have millions and millions of people watching him. It's prime time, and it's supposedly the news. <laughs> but he uh, brings this woman on and interviews her. And... Um, well, you're going to see what happens next. Okay, I'll just leave it that way. Meet Hallie Schweitzer. She's 28 and she lives in Ohio. She looks like she's dressed up for Halloween, but that's no costume. For the last two years, Hallie's identified as a vampire. Yeah, she's identified as a vampire. Primetime has questions. Hallie Schweitzer joins me now. Are you saying you like to suck blood? <laughs> no, I am uh, not interested in sucking anyone's blood. I like energy. I like good vibes. Okay. Do you wear teeth like that with fangs all the time? Um, as often as I can. They're, they can get uncomfortable sometimes, but as often as I can, I'm going around everywhere like that. <laughs> so, Heli, every day you dress up as a vampire you identify as a vampire and then you go about your day you go about my day and there's there are some times where i'll wear a cozy sweater or you know something really cozy but that doesn't mean i'm not a vampire that just means i'm wearing something else there are a lot of other living vampires like me that don't choose to cosplay or have a story on tiktok or wear like this but i choose to because it's an outward reflection of my soul what do you do for work um i'm a social media manager so basically i <laughs> hype up people's social media <laughs> do you go into an office uh no i work from home so i, I can i can sit here and look like this <laughs> I, I figured what do your parents think about this uh they're so proud uh my dad messaged me the other day and was talking about how everybody has read articles about me and he just messaged and he said i'm so proud i love you and i'm so happy that you're living your truth and being yourself and being open and out about it okay and your dad's not peter schweitzer the guy who knows all <laughs> about the biden crime family no, he is definitely not that. Okay. And you identify as a vampire spiritually, sexually, in all ways that we can possibly imagine. In all ways that you can possibly imagine. For me, it's more of a spiritual thing um, because of the energy work that I do. Um, and yeah, I'm not alone. There are so many of us out there. And I like having opportunities like this to kind of present what being a living vampire is um, because, you know, I'm sure vampires get a bad rap. They think that we're out to suck their blood. But well, as I said, I'm not interested in doing okay, that. You well, know? <laughs> thank you. Thank you for clarifying. When you say energy work, clarify that. Uh, well, there's energy all around us. Like if you go into a concert or a crowded place, there's energy that's around you. That's not on you or in you. It's around you. And I really like to take that energy and just kind of, suck it through like a vacuum and i think that's why we're called vampires helly suck my energy through like a vacuum right now are you sure about that 
Yeah. All right. <laughs> oh, did you just hear that? Wow, you heard that, right? What did you hear that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, I'm feeling it, Helly. Something just happened. I feel so We've done good. it over the internet before, so that's that's great. <laughs> All right. Well, listen. Go, uh, go relax. Go hang tight. <laughs> Can you imagine seeing this on primetime news? In Not the, really. In, no. <laughs> okay. In chat, I put photographs off of the uh, the screen so you can see. I mean, he he absolutely started. It, it all, he almost had a like a shiver when she started up in the silence that you don't hear, and then he he heard something, and you can see his reaction. He's like, "Whoa, what was that?" And the next day, he was asked about it, and he said that it was like he said it was like off stage, but it was like a horn, and none of us, all of us, heard it, but none of us had ever heard it before. And I don't know if he's he's feeling bad or not, but what happened was the next day he was on, but then he's been off. Okay, Thursday and Friday he wasn't there. And what I found out found very interesting on Thursday, because he's also on, on the five, was that Dana uh Perino when she said that somebody who I forget who was there that day is there because Jesse, she said, and she sound, she looked like she was kind of confused, like why she was supposed to say it. I understand he's at some conference in California. And then the next, that night, his show was had somebody else in it, not his show, he wasn't there. And that person also made the point of saying he's, he's at a conference because I think that they thought if he disappears after you know, this experience with a vampire, people may think that he's dead or something. <laughs> so it's just, it's just one of the funnier things I've ever seen on television. Well, but anyway, we talk about energy vampires, don't we? That they suck yeah. the energy out of you. I mean, you're around somebody who is really negative. And I've, I've experienced that many times. And it's just like, Oh my God, I've got an energy vampire here. I've got to get out of the presence of this person because they are putting out so much negative energy that they just, it literally just sucks the energy out of you. And that's how the devil starts to take over you. You get curious about something, you allow the devil to do something because of your curiosity and that's his first foothold in my uh, opinion and and you make a mistake feeling that oh it's it's okay i'm i'm totally safe are you really safe <laughs> no that was a very rash thing for him to do in my opinion but he probably just thought it was crazy the implications of it you know suck the energy out of me really <laughs> yeah, I don't think you'll say it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, oh I, I wanted to make sure I shared that with people because, like I say, it was the most bizarre thing I think I've ever seen. And you can actually go over to, to X and you can get on Jesse Waters. Um, yeah, I watched that. it on there, actually, after you told me about it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you just have to scroll down and you'll 
you'll see uh, see this thing on the vampire if you want to see the well you just heard it and you saw the pictures that mattered <laughs> it was so very strange how funny he didn't ask if she avoids sunlight <laughs> or a mirror yeah <laughs> or stays but, away from garlic <laughs> I mean that that's the issue so many people don't are just not aware of of the the spiritual implications of these things you know they don't consider the spiritual nature of themselves they're still completely attached to the body and what jesse said i mean go ahead suck my energy out go ahead take my soul they have to have permission to do it he gave her permission I, yeah, because I, I I did read that, and I can't so, remember where it was now. That that when you sell your soul to the devil, the devil sucks that soul out of you. So this is why these people are just soulless, you know. That we see hello. in the media. Yeah. So he just he lost his spiritual war. He gave the, he. Uh, it's so upsetting to me. I can't talk about it. Well, people don't do not even to this moment do not seriously understand the the meaning of consent. They think it's just a funny word or a, a buzzword. No, it's something super serious and important. And people are thinking, oh, it's just uh, the consent. No, it's serious and it's important, and you should consider it, take it for very seriously. It's not a joke. Well, in effect, you're signing a contract, aren't you? Exactly, but people, that's people don't understand. They think they they hear the word contract. They imagine a piece of paper with some writing on it. No. Just, just for example, someone approaches you and says something, and frightens you, and you and and you are uh, affected by this fear. That's it. You sign the contract. You are. You are in agreement that this person is frightening you and it, therefore it's affecting you. That's a contract. People think that a contract is a piece of paper that you need to put your name. No, no, no. It's that attitude, that exchange of energy, that attitude. That's all, it, that's all the contract needs. Also, I think that the people that, you know, if you look at the uh, movie industry and there's been this explosion in horror movies in recent years. I mean, when, when I was a teenager, I'd watch, you know, um, Christopher Lee and the vampire movies and things, which were not that scary at all, really. <laughs> <clears throat> but now, you know, these horror movies are so horrific. And the, the emotional reaction to it opens them up completely to to being invaded by these negative entities because they're feeding off it, you know? And, you know, this is what I was um, saying before, that, um, you know, this, this, this whole um, agenda of mind control is using horrific experiences to be able to capture that mind. I mean, MKUltra, they use torture to 
uh, traumatize the victims to create these altars that then are the servants of the controllers who can use these triggers to say go and do this go and do that you know this is what happens with these mass shootings the combination of mk ultra and psychotropic drugs makes them completely vulnerable to suggestion that they're made to do things that if they were in their conscious state they would never think of doing no it's a very dangerous universe. <laughs> well, it is for those that are not aware of it. You know. Well, see, I, I, yeah, I'm not worried about about Jesse's soul because he didn't really give consent. Because I believe that it, it, it's like he, he had no idea that this was a real thing. You know, if you stopped him and said, you, you're risking your soul if you do this. He might have reconsidered, but he just thought it was bullshit. No, but they use that. They use that. Um, I don't think it fills the contract. It's I think deceit. It, it's deceit. It's the devil. Yes, and that's why devil uses deceit. Jesse yeah. fell into that hook, line, and sinker, in my opinion. But yes. I don't. Know, I don't think that he jeopardized his soul. Because he didn't have a complete understanding of what he was doing. Because if you guys want to go with that, you know, that, oh, yeah, he said it and he's lost his soul now. He's damned forever. Well, if you go to that point, then you really have no hope for anybody on the face of the earth now. Because at one point or another, everybody has gone into a state of total rage. You know, you have given your you have given the consent to go into total rage. And what does that do? It squirrels up your energy field so much that the the leeches on the other side are just sucking you dry. And, you know, you're probably walking around kind of zombie like. What's that got to do with rage? What Jesse said? Because it's still a rage. And OK, that was a, you, you rage is an energy that they feed off of. Okay, their end result is that they are trying to take your energy. And in this case, he did give consent to this woman. But I don't think in her mind she was sucking his soul out. She was in her mind. She was just sucking energy. I don't believe that for a second. Well, I guess you've damned the whole humanity then. No, No, I did not. Not at all, because he actually gave consent to her sucking his energy out. And isn't energy what our soul consists of? We're vibrational, you know, know, everything is energy and vibration. So he actually verbalized that consent, whereas... He he consented, no, no, no. He consented to take his energy... He had no connection between the energy in his body and the concept of soul. He didn't say, yes, yeah, suck out my soul. He didn't say that. But that's it irrelevant. Was, no, it is. It because is. If, it, if what you're saying is true, then every person who has made a fundamental mistake is damned forever. And I don't believe that. No, we were that's that. not what we're saying that's at not. all. 
That's you, not it at all. Well, you have to explain to me. I mean, the, yes, um, you know, what was what we know is that the the negative entities will feed off our energy that is is put out externally to us. You know, the the emotions go out externally. That's very different from saying, yes, suck the energy out of me. It is. But there's no I have consent. a question. I don't dis I, I disagree with that because you're you're ener you you are energy. It's not energy just on the outside of you. Your aura, you are energy. We are energy fields. Everything is energy. This computer is energy. It's yeah, all that's, energy. We agree on that. Definitely. Well, what about me? For 35 years I had uh the, the low soul of my body in, stuck in my in my own body because I, I was holding on to him as he was l leaving. So it was a it, it, between it was a Gene uh, Gene uh, what's what's her name uh, Rockefeller Rockefeller. She's the one who helped me clear it. Uh, he had been in my body for 35 years because I made a mistake out of my in my in my pain and desperation i was embracing my father as he died so not his high soul but his body's soul uh according to her 35 percent of it went into my body so for 35 years i had a stowaway on on in my own body, physical body so i didn't i didn't tell him I didn't. I don't remember in, in telling him. Oh no! Don't die. Stay in my. I didn't know that would happen. That part of his uh, low soul would would transfer into my body, and yet it happened. <laughs> I didn't do it cons in a in a conscious way because I didn't know that that was even doable. I was just desperate because I was seeing him dying. I guess when you're when you're in a in a high in a heightened emotional state, you don't think straight. <laughs> you're possessed by emotion. That's interesting because um, when I was present for my mother's death, um, you know, I'd already been through a spiritual awakening, and I understood um, much more the concept of death which isn't really death, you know. And my um, experience of it was I, was I was saying, it's okay, you can go. I was letting her go. I wasn't trying to keep, keep her soul with me. It sounded like what you were saying, she wanted to keep that soul with you, which is why you ended up um, having it, it's, yeah, like, like I said, don't don't ask for logic because at that moment logic is the last thing in your mind. <laughs> You're possessed by desperation and pain, and you don't know which way is up. So uh, I don't know what words I may have said, but I, I just knew that I wasn't in, in mm. desperation and pain because of what was happening. Is like, uh, and and then uh, Frank Jordan said it, and then uh, Gene Rockefeller said it. Is that uh, the only difference between the, these two psychics was the, the percentage-wise. He said it was like 32% of, of his, of his uh, energy ended up with me. And she said, no, it's like 35. 
So, but that was clear now. That was that. That's why for 35 years I was not entirely myself. A lot of my behavior was like his behavior, and I said, "Well, I don't, I don't act like this. I don't. Why am I acting like this?" And of course, I wasn't. I had a stowaway on board. <laughs> and it was very much related to your intention, whether it was conscious it, or not. Exactly. Your intention was you wanted to keep him with you. Yeah. I whereas, when, whereas when I was, um, you know, and the dearest people were with her, and I actually set the intention that I wanted to be with her when she passed, but I, I had no intention to stop her from passing because I knew it was the right thing for her. She was at that point. And so there was no possibility of me having the same experience that you did, whereas you were holding on to your father and not letting him go. And I think that's the difference. And it does, exactly. it, does, exactly. it does come down to intention and the energy of the intention. And, and, and you're not aware that the, that's the the big problem is human ignorance is that you're not aware that these things are true and they happen daily because you don't know you don't know what's going on and, and, and you're not aware that you're buying this so that's that's why we need to get informed educated and on all this that's why in neurology this term that nancy has coined is so critical it should mm. be should be taught first thing even before you learn how to re <laughs> read how to and read write. and write <laughs> learn about an neurology because it's all energy well exactly learn how to read energy and when you become you know conscious of energy you become so much more sensitive to interpreting it mm -hmm. so you know yes it was a joke it was halloween and everything else but um, you know, I don't subscribe to the Halloween festival at all because it's based on a, you know, a satanic ritual. It's a satanic ritual date. So, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to participate in it. Okay, so we're at the top of the hour. Um, let's just play Somewhere Over the Rainbow, and we'll be right back. An aura geode, a black moonstone, citrine cosmic silver nugget, bracelets, shungite bowls, and much more at the Mystical Wares live auction. Have fun bidding for special items at your price. Mysticalwares.com slash live dash auctions. Let's take a moment to thank the people who make intergalactic distribution of this show possible. Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Yes, folks, Mystical Wares is where the Jedi Knights shop when they have their annual field trip to planet Earth. After annihilating battalions of stormtroopers and blowing up the Death Star, they deserve an all-out shopping spree. And their supplier of choice is Mystical Wares in Mount Vernon, Washington, an oasis of light in an otherwise dark universe. I spoke to Master Yoda the other day and asked him where he buys his shungite. He replied, tell you I will and not belabor. Mystical wares. I also pick up spare parts for my light saber. So there you have it folks. If it's good enough for Master Yoda and the Jedi elite, it's certainly good enough for the rest of us. 
Mystical wares in Mount Vernon, Washington. Online or on location, you'll be sure to give them a standing ovation. I am Ani, mad as the day is long, Avidician. This was Metaphysical Martini, a production of Cosmic Reality Radio, to whom we are most grateful. Until we meet again, my darlings, get involved in local politics, learn to identify the dirty tricks within the matrix, and above all, let the spirit inhabit the human. Scalar energy is demonstrating how good health depends upon balanced and stable human and animal energy fields. Test it out for yourself with a free weekly 12-hour remote session at mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. This is an ongoing program allowing you to pick and choose the scalar energy treatment you want. Thus, you must register weekly for the session presented every Friday. Experience the future of medicine now for the free sessions or sign up for one designed specifically for you. Go to mysticalwares.com slash scalar-healing. And remember, you must sign up weekly and receive the confirmation email or text confirming the session. Experience the future of medicine now. And welcome back to the Say What Show. It's November 4th, 2023. My name is Nancy Hopkins, Dolly Howard, and Walt Silva, Mona Radler, and Jan Shaw is with us. Uh, Jan, did you want to stay for the second hour? Yeah, I'm still here because I'm, I'm not as late as normal because of, of the clock change last weekend. So it's not 10 till 12, 11 till 1, it's 10 till 12. So I'm okay. And I just wanted <laughs> to say, um, Walt, I'm really sorry that you had such a traumatic time with the death of your father. Yeah. You have my sympathies. Thank you, Jen. Hmm. I have one more thing I would like to uh, talk with Mona about. Um, I typed it up, but as soon as we got it interrupted, so I'd remember. Um, Mona. Yes, sir. Uh, all these people that you run into who are commenting about you and how, uh, basically, how much they love and they would miss you if you weren't around. Remember when we were always talking about how we have made contracts with each other before we came here to planet Earth, that we would be around at certain instances, uh, long periods, short periods, a look. And what we did, the interaction between each other would give the other person, the person who needed it, the encouragement that they needed. Well, I'm thinking that um, these interactions you're having now, I'm thinking they are part of your group. Actually, you're in my group too, our group, uh, to to encourage people. And um, I'm thinking that gives you an opportunity. If you if you have the second to stop and listen and say thank you. Oh, I do. Oh, because that hit me all I of a sudden. I recognize their unconditional love. They don't even always know. They don't even realize what they're always doing either. Right, right. And and I think that's a beautiful thing that you're able to be 
going through at this time. Look how many of them are coming up to you, Mona, and they aren't, it's just not, they are making contact that you know they're making. You have this opportunity to see, oh my gosh, there's so many people who love me. And and it just gives me goosebumps and I want to sit here and cry in happiness mm-hmm. for you. And and that's what I wanted to share with you. So um Thank you. I hope it brings out in their heart too that they're allowed to help others. And yeah. not even just me, but being kind. Right, right. The smallest kindness could be the biggest joy. Yes. And people don't always know that. Right. Oh, and you know, to me, it's just, oh, okay, because <laughs> I get the drifts. I do. But see, I was always looked at. I'm as, glad. I was always looked at as the strong one who never needed help. Oh, that's a hard, a heavy burden to carry, isn't it? Yeah, I understand that because people always said to me, you're the strong one. You're getting everybody through this. And I'd look at him and say, I am not strong like you think I am. But we got through it, working it out together. But it's a heavy burden to carry. Actually, you are strong, Dolly. Um, You are strong. And many of us have a lot of challenges that we go through. And actually, the recognition that we've gone through it we need to recognize how strong we've been to overcome those challenges. And you've you've done more than your fair share of that. So you are strong. Yeah, mm-hmm. we might we might feel at the time, oh my God, not another one. You know, I've been through that. Oh God, you know, not another challenge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we're only given the challenges that we're able to to deal with and overcome. We're never given more than we can handle. And at times I say, God, I think this one is the one that's too much. And it comes back, oh, no, it's not. Exactly. You keep going. Oh. Mm. But I just really, really wanted to let Mona know how much I appreciate you, Mona. How much I love you. Mm-hmm. And uh, being able to be here together mm-hmm. at this time mm-hmm. means the world to me. Mm-hmm. And the the rest of you, too. Mm-hmm. And those of you in chat, exactly. do you realize we are here at this time, not physically together, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. We are all together at this second and we agreed to do that before we came here. Exactly. I, I appreciate everybody, and I want you to know that. That's right. And I can't talk anymore. Thank you, darling. It's all good. Well, yeah. you know, I'm aware, you know, I've spoken to Nancy about this, about how many people have come and gone right. on the shows over the years. And I said to her, you know, you're family. All of you are family to me. There's no way I would go off and do something somewhere else. I'm not doing it for, you know, notoriety or fame or anything else. I'm doing it because 
I'm guided to do it. And cosmic reality, I mean, I was guided to Nancy through Gene Rockefeller, incidentally, through our affinity with horses. And there's no way I'm going to leave this family because no matter how far apart we are geographically, you know, even further now I'm in the UK, is it's a family that I treasure, I cherish, and I'm feel very grateful to be part of. All right, Nancy. Yeah, you you know you're with your family when you're when you realize how how they tolerate you no matter how crazy you are. Then you know you're with your family. <laughs> well it's interesting because um so true. I mean my daughters are still estranged from me, whatever it is what it is. And actually I think that um, I had this, I'd kind of had some interaction with my younger daughter when I was coming over, you know, back to the UK. And um, with everything I've been through in the last few months, which has been pretty stressful to say the least, not least of which was losing Keisha. But um, so I'd never actually got to the point of meeting up with her. And I just got the, I'd always had this element of resistance that we were so far apart in terms of our consciousness that I felt that I was going to be dragged back into the whole 3D world and everything, which I don't belong in anymore, haven't for years. And the communication just stopped. And I, and yet... Um, my middle brother, who I've been very close to, and even when I was in the US and he was over here, most of the time, if, you know, we'd maybe speak once a year or something or a couple of times a year on birthdays or anything else. But we always had this very close connection. And it wasn't dependent on, oh, how, how many times are you going to speak to me? And, oh, you haven't called me since such and such. It was just there. And it was funny because um, when I got here, um, I was staying in his house to begin with. And I won't go into the whole scenario of what happened, but I was staying in his house and his stepson and his wife were staying there as well. <laughs> and round the table one day, I'd been saying something and he said, oh, this is the conspiracy theorist of the family. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, right, you know. But interestingly, there was no um, resistance. There was no criticism. And he's actually started asking my opinion of things. And I've had this amazingly warm welcome from his stepson and wife who I'd never met before until I landed here in the UK. And I think you get to know where you are within a family and appreciated. And I think I actually believe that the higher self of my daughter has realized that we're not meant to, re to reconnect because I'm not meant to be part of her um paradigm if that makes sense and it's been quite a relief to me actually because 
I can't, I can't alter myself, compromise myself to fit in with that kind of expectation. I have to be who I am now, which is very different from what they knew me when they were growing up. And so, you know, I think we we reconnect most closely with our soul family. And that's not to say that, you know, daughters and things aren't soul family. Or maybe we have a different soul contract. But to be amongst people that you really resonate with on the on that vibrational level is to be treasured and nurtured and not to subject yourself to an environment that is that energy vampire environment does that make sense yeah yes well i, I was i um uh, my sister had a birthday and i called her up and she didn't answer and i had a funny feeling she just didn't answer um but it went to voicemail and so i said happy birthday and um I I was actually glad that I could leave a message type of thing. So <clears throat> she comes back to me later on that day and messages me. And it, it just was like such a perfect message. Thank you for, oh, no, she didn't even, I don't think she said thank you. I think she said my, her husband and she were someplace. I don't even remember where. And that when uh, she had, when she got back, no, she said, and I will call you, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> and and you know, I mean, it was like I started laughing, and I went, "I'll take that bet." I bet she never called, so she's never called. So I was thinking about it, and I've got so I've got five sisters, and out of the five sisters, only one of them would actually pick up the phone and call me, and. Well, no, there's four, three, I'm, I'm one of them. So it's four. So I've got four sisters. And three of those people, they don't want to have any interaction with me whatsoever. Because I'm a reminder that they're not right. You know, it's like, I told you about the vaccinations. I told you there was a dark state. I told you Trump was not an evil man. He's a good man and a hope for humanity, maybe. I don't know. You know, all the things that I would say, and I, I, I'm i like you, Jan. You know, I cannot not be myself. But I would try. I would try to, well, I, w- I would, you know, silently listen as they told some really boring story about somebody screwing somebody else's person. And, you know, I mean, their their, their reality was so boring <laughs> to me but I would be very good and then somebody would say something and I'd go into automatic pilot oh no 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 let's look at that again you know I mean like you know and so they don't want me around they don't want to talk to me because sooner or later I'm going to say something that's going to upset their reality mm, you challenge scare them. them yeah you scare them too yeah so what you uh, said so far has been true. Yeah. And so I kind of thought about it and I said, well, let's say they finally, because once I'll tell you a really weird story. 
we were at a family reunion. It was one of these big houses, and it was this downstairs was all open up like a living room type of thing. So there were little groups in there. And I was talking to somebody, and all of a sudden, I realized that I was getting a lot of energy focused on me from this other group. And my sister Colleen was in the process of saying, you know, someday we're going to know that everything she told us is true. <laughs> and she just blurted it out. And it was like, it, I knew it wasn't her saying it. I knew it was a message. Mm -hmm. And I went, oh, this is going to be interesting. So I was thinking about that. And I said, by now, they've got this terrible suspicion that maybe I was telling them the truth. <laughs> you know? Well, Absolutely. You know, this is not good. She's been telling us the truth all along. And how would they react to it? You know, would it would would they come to me? Would they say, you know, I'm sorry you were telling us the truth or, you know, what? Yeah. And I was like, I don't, it, nothing that they could say would, I would be able to even say anything back to them. Yeah. You know, because I, I my first inkling was, yeah, well, you stupid ass. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But that's I know very low vibration. <laughs> but I know that's not the way to handle it, you know. And yet, I, I'm really kind of not sure as to what I would do with them. So I said, okay, all right. I said, so, so you don't really know what to do. But what has happened before? Because one of the most amazing experiences in my life was just, you know, a couple months ago, I was on the phone with my brother. And all of a sudden, there's a commotion in the background, and um, I hear his son, Mikey, saying, I, I guess my, my brother said, yeah, I'm on the phone with Aunt Nancy, and Mikey said, oh, please, let me talk to her. So he gets on the phone with me, and this is my nephew, a kid that was really screwed up. Um, one of his friends committed suicide. He was not... Oh. You know, he was not in a good place because he was like one of us that, that just didn't fit. And so I felt very not just comfortable telling, taking him down the rabbit hole, holding his hand, but that he needed to go. He needed to know what I knew enough to know that there is a totally different reality and you're living in it, but you're living in this other one, too. And um so every time, and it wasn't very often that we would get together, but when we did get the family together, you know, very often I would spend the time with Mikey. And he said to me, Aunt Nancy, everything you told me was true. He said, thank you, thank you, thank you. I can't thank you enough because oh. it was knowing the truth that got me through the lies. Oh, you know, That's and wonderful. so, yeah, you know, and so I said, okay, I, I said, this works, you know. And then my my cousin, John, who was, he was actually about two, maybe two years younger than I was when we were growing up. We'd go out to the family thing, and John would hang out with my brother Phil, more so than me. But when my brother Phil was dying, John was at his mom's house, and she was with my mom, and my mom's you know, this was the first that John actually heard that Phil was, uh, you know, in the throes of dying there with that cancer in his brain caused by radars that I warned him about, but he didn't listen to me. Oh, well. Um, so what happened was he drove, he said, he said, 
no, I've got to go see him. And he drove like five hours to come see my brother. And it just happened to be his birthday, my brother's birthday. And uh, he, 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 that action by him, that unselfishness, that passion for compassion to, to deliver it, you know, directly. It was just an amazing human being. And I remember that night we just stayed up talking and God only knows what I said to him. But over the years, he's um, he's been more aware of things. He doesn't buy into it quite as much probably as he would have if he hadn't had, you know, a, a trip down the rabbit hole. And um, so now he's like, he finally, he's, I said, would you read my books if I sent them to you? And he said, yes. And when he got them, he said, he calls me up and he says, these are real books. I thought they would be some pamphlet or something. I said, no, <laughs> I yeah. do write real books. <laughs> and uh, then he wrote me, he wrote me a, an email and he said, you are now my most favorite author. <laughs> right? oh, I and that. I'm going like, okay, all right. So when, when, the, when they actually get it, I mean, he said to me, he messaged me on the phone one day and he said, he had just, he gave me the link. He, he just heard Robert Kennedy talking to somebody and he said I don't know why he said maybe because it's coming from Kennedy but he's, he's saying the same things you've been telling me and he said now I'm terrified oh. you know even though he read it my books he you know he was it had to be that character out of history you know a Kennedy telling this kid from New York you know this Democrat you know You've got you got you got to pay attention now. Now is the time to pay attention, and it was such an interesting. Um, my response to him just came to me. You know, it was like, oh gosh, you know. And I I wrote him back and I said, John, when you didn't believe me, I was terrified. Because that's the difference, you know. We're seeing people waking up, so even though we're we're weird and we've been ostracized, it was like that. Uh, article from that RN or from that person that said those anonymous, people, yeah, yeah, that didn't get the vaccination are heroes. It sticks in their minds, and they don't. It's almost like you put a uh, a virus in their in their computer mind, and instead of the virus being negative, the virus is saying, "Take another look. Take another look. Take another look." You know, and it gets in their head, and it's, it's, we are winning because we've been talking for so damn long. <laughs> you know, that's our job. Our job: a small group of people get together, together, share the same, you know, basic concepts, and create a new reality. Reality is what we think it is, and what we know for sure is that the who. How much energy is put into a given reality is going to become the dominant reality. And it's not a matter of people. It's a matter of how much focus. And, you know, let's look at it. We do a lot of focus. We do, what, seven shows a week, two hours long, you know, and, and put out all this information to people, not because we're know-it-alls, but because we're discussing things. And you heard, you know, I mean... Most shows we don't completely agree with each other, and by the end of the show they agree with me. But uh, 
<laughs> I'm not going to agree with you on More that ego one. there. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we agree to disagree, y'all. <laughs> well, let's let's say we don't take anything personally. We can have right. a, a very um, conscious debate, which Heated unfortunately is, is very rare, you know. It's like the uh, take offense generation, isn't it? So, I mean, it's interesting because, you know, one of the com- the uh, emails I got from my younger daughter, my older daughter is just completely cut off from the whole family. So it's not just me. Um, but she um, got her degree in, I think it was biochemistry or microbiology. I can't remember which. But. You know, it was obvious that it was big pharma indoctrination because um, I can't remember what it was. I challenged her. Oh no, I've I've been. That's not true. I've I've you know, I've been taught all this. And um, in the recent email, she said, "I hope you won't criticise me for the career I've built because I'm actually working for a pharmaceutical company." Um, I'm a project manager on the on managing the data on clinical trials. And I actually said, look, I'm not going to criticize you for the career you've built. Because she said, I know from your Facebook post that you are very much not in favor of Big Pharma. True. She obviously sees my Facebook posts. So it's it's another indication. How could I have a genuine conversation with somebody who is so embedded in the big pharma culture, who is not open to considering any other option? I mean, I don't know. I dread to think that she she and her whole families had this flipping death shot. I suspect she has because she's been indoctrinated into vaccines or everything, you know. But, um, and I must confess, when my daughters were small, I was still giving them vaccines. I mean, it's nothing like the vaccine program that they put out now. You know, the, the way it's done now is completely different. But she's had a lot of, kind of autoimmune type things going on and it's like I wish I'd known what I know now but you know you can only do what you do in terms of what you understand at that particular time so I don't think we can feel guilty about that but it, it was just another indication of the gap between our perspectives on things you know we did it out of love, Jan. We did. We thought we were doing the right thing. Yes, we didn't want our kids to be hurt, not realizing we're hurting them. We did not know that we did it from love. Mm, absolutely. And um, about your separation, you all know that I divorced my birth family, and um, somebody said to me, you shouldn't feel guilty about it because you did everything you could. From what I was saying, they realized I did everything I could to try to meld myself into what they thought, what they did, what uh, the way they wanted me to be. But I could not be me either. Mm. So my father said to me one last thing 
that was the straw that broke my back, and I just got up. I walked to the door slowly. I turned and looked at my mother and said, Mom, I love you, and I hope you have a happy Mother's Day. I turned around, walked out, got in my car, and never intended to see him again. But my father kept coming over every once in a while. But I never have regretted one day of that divorce because I wish for them the happiness and the blessings, all of them that they can get. And um, I don't wish them any ill will. I just wish the best for them in their life's path. And I have. I'm walking my life's path, so please don't feel guilty. No, I don't. And, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, I mentioned on the show that I read Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth. And one of the things, I mean, I was going through a hell of a lot of issues with the, the girls at the time, both of them, in all sorts of trouble. And I won't go into the details, but... Um, you know, and I, I was, I was giving my opinion and saying, you know, why are you doing it this way? You always said you wanted this, or you know, this is a disaster. And what I read in a new earth was um, the parenting role in in these times, in modern times, has gone beyond what is um, required. It's like parents are, are trying to continue to control their children way beyond when they get to adulthood. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. You know, what am I, am I really trying to influence their path according to what I think they should do? And I, I stepped back completely and, and my attitude was, Okay, I understand that you have your own path as long as you take responsibility for it because I'd bailed them out so many damn times, I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and it was like, okay, I'm going to step back and I'm going to, you walk your own path. You're making these decisions, take responsibility for them, go forward. The, 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 the point is that they had been, you know, society had um, influenced them to expect parents to keep the parenting role going on almost indefinitely. And it, it was almost like it was interpreted as, well, you don't care about us anymore. You're not interested in it. No, it's not that. I'm stepping back and saying, you have your own path to walk. You know, you've got your own soul contracts. You've got an outline of, of what your life is meant to be. I am not going to interfere in that. So, and I have no regrets about that at all, because I know that was the right thing to do. Whether they misinterpreted or not is not my problem. But I That's know right. I did the right thing in saying, you, you walk your path, I'm not going to interfere. So... That's a hard place for us mothers to come to. I went through that with Russell. 
Well, uh, you know, that was at the peak of my spiritual awakening about the reality, you know, the realities and, and recognising the conditioning that we'd all been subjected to for so long. I mean, that book, I mean... I, that's the only one I've actually read. I never, I did double into the power of now, but it was incorporate. The principle was incorporated in a new earth, so I didn't feel the need to read the others. But that was a real game changer for me. Understanding the ego and understanding that we're all playing roles. It's like Shakespeare said, you know, the whole world's a stage and we're the people on it. And I understood um, very deeply that we are playing roles. You know, we, we've, we've contracted to come down onto this, um, you know, physical dimension and we've all agreed with our soul family that we're going to play certain roles and it's not who we are spiritually or at the soul level. It's just what we've agreed to do as facilitators for our for our individual um, spiritual path you know it was it one of the things that impacted me was reading neil donald walsh's little book and it was aimed at children <coughs> excuse me the little soul and the sun and i don't know if you're aware of that but it was um the story was that the little soul said, you know, I would really want to learn about forgiveness. And so um, another little soul said, okay, well, I'll help you with that. And, oh, will you really do that? Yes. But what you have to be aware of is that I'm going to have to do some really bad things to you. Yes. In order for you to learn the power of forgiveness. And, uh, you know, it's like if my my kind of um, um, assessment of that is you can't love forgiveness if you have nothing to forgive. So it's like we have to accept that there are going to be people in our lives that are doing things to us, to teach us how to forgive and it might seem at the time that they're pretty shitty things that happen to us <laughs> yes. you know but <laughs> if we didn't experience those we wouldn't know what forgiveness is really about right and and similarly if we wanted to grow in a certain capacity I mean I I you know had a, a very challenging time with my third husband put me through all sorts of really crisis situations but I look back and I say oh my god I'm so grateful because I became a much much stronger person by dealing with those situations so I'm sure we had a soul contract on that level and I'm totally grateful because I wouldn't be the person I am if I hadn't been through those challenges yeah but you didn't let your ego become the victim no no no, no. Because that's where most people fail. Uh, that's very true. Unless you you kind of go through that process of consciousness of, you know, I, I always talk about neutrality and it's like, 
you know, you have the the power to actually just focus on the negative, which is the victim or the bad situations, or you focus on the positive and you see the gift in things. And that's that's a philosophy that I've held ever since I discovered the principle of neutrality, that there's a gift in everything. And it might not be apparent immediately, but, um, you know, it comes to, if you're open to those messages. And I'll give you an example. Um, you know, I talked a lot about my horse being the catalyst for my spiritual journey, teaching me all about fear, all about manifestation. And um, and I, after, I mean, losing Keisha broke my heart because she, she was another, it was very much a soul-level connection. And it occurred to me, that um, Voto, my horse, had taught me all about fear. Keisha had taught me about unconditional love, which is the other, the opposite paradigm. And she had been that, um, that physical manifestation of that, not just to me, but to so many people that came in contact with her. And I thought, I'm... This is kind of squared the circle, if you like, because I always planned to do a, a book about um, the role that Voto played in my spiritual journey and learning and everything else. And I've never actually got around to doing it. And I thought maybe it was because I needed Keisha in there as well. And, and so many other animals that have contributed that I've, given love to and have given back to me you know I've got a very close connection with with nature and animals and everything and you know we can find a gift and a learning in everything if we look for it and that's so precious and I still grieve my my dear girl um she was so precious to me but she's still with me in spirit but I recognize what she brought into my life and not only my life, but into so many other people's lives. Because when we were at the RV park, people would deliberately come past to see Keisha outside and pet her and get the love from her and everything. She was, everybody just, loved Keisha. Just remember, Jan, grief takes as long as it takes for you. Don't let people say, oh, you've been grieving long enough. Get over it. Oh, no. don't worry, I won't. <laughs> My father told me that about Stan. And I have learned a lesson through those words from him. It takes as long as it takes you. And uh, I wanted to say one more thing. Mona, would you please explain to people what you mean by your ego didn't get in the way? Is that the word you used? Well, the ego tries to tell you that you become a victim if you have pain. And that's not it. It's to teach you to rise above the pain. Thank you, Mona. Even I didn't I didn't understand exactly what you were saying and I wanted to know. Thank you. And, and also to manifest your to look at a, a situation and say, okay. I'm in this situation, and boy, have I been in some. 
okay, what do I, what is my, um, you know, absolute perfect outcome from this scenario? What is it that I want to manifest? I realize, I mean, I'm recognizing this is, this is something I was trying to get over in the show. You know, you have to recognize a problem in order to be able to come up with a solution. If you ignore the problem, the problem kind of continues and if you focus on the problem, the problem gets bigger. If you if you kind of acknowledge the problem without feeding emotional energy into it and then say, OK, what's my perfect scenario in, in resolving this? You then, you know, stepped into your power to manifest the outcome that you want. And I have so many examples of of doing that and it works and you're absolutely right, Mona. If you get into that victim mode, all you're going to do is spiral down into more problems and more problems and, oh, poor me and everything else. You're never going to dig yourself out of that situation. But if you accept, you know, uh, it, I refer to it as um, an evolutionary catalyst in that what it's doing is it's prompting you to move to the next level of your ability to create the the outcome that you want to manifest outcomes so it's really a gift in every case i want to play something because it sort of ties in with what you're saying because we 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 have these conversations and and always I try to at the end of the show to give something to from people to feel good about and it doesn't take too many people focusing on a specific outcome and one of these outcomes was the terrible situation with the whales dying because of the windmills so I want to play and this is Jesse Waters but he's giving us a, a a really good message to think about. Primetime has just scored another big victory. The whales have received a stay of execution, along with my beach views. We've been telling you for months how Biden's offshore wind projects are destroying the Jersey Shore, but just yesterday, the Danish windmill company pulled the plug on two massive projects off the Jersey coast. The company's admitting Bidenomics doesn't work. Despite billions in giveaways, the windmills still won't work. They won't make money because of high rates, inflation, and China. But that's not all. Offshore wind farms in Massachusetts were just canceled. Offshore wind in Connecticut is collapsing. And offshore wind projects in New York are about to get canceled. The whole Green New Deal's falling apart right before our very eyes. Biden's favorite electric bus company, Proterra, just filed for bankruptcy. It's what happens when your buses catch on fire. General Motors and Honda just killed their low price electric car joint venture. Ford just stopped work on their new Michigan electric battery plant. The company's losing $36,000 per EV, per. Biden's handing out $7,000 coupons to buy electric cars and no one's buying them. This is what happens when companies make cars for politicians instead of companies making cars for customers. No one even thought to ask the customers if they wanted an electric car. The smart money is in oil. That's right. ExxonMobil and Hess have discovered 
11 billion barrels of oil off the coast of South America with a B. It's the biggest discovery in a decade. It appears as if we're going to run out of minerals for batteries before we run out of oil for cars. Joe Biden tried to run our economy like Joe Stalin. But just like the Soviet Union, the math doesn't add up. And now billions of dollars are gone. And all we have are cars that never made it off the lot and windmills that never made it out of the warehouse. Now, if I know Democrats, and I do, we're about to witness one of the biggest green bailouts in history. Well, except for that last statement, you know, that's good news. So just, right. you know. Well, yeah, because re- I read that um, it's just not economically viable with these no, wind no. Um, farms. I mean, there's a massive wind farm, you know, on the edge of the development where I live. And, you know, when the wind's blowing, honestly, the sound that it puts out, it's like, you know, and I imagine the the EMF frequencies that it generates are awful. And um, they're just, none of it makes sense because it costs more to to install them than the energy that they're going to ge- generate during the lifespan. Well, and they're then, also not and biodegradable. Then, they can't be recycled. Exactly. Exactly. It's uh, it's insane. Insanity. Look it's look what Ryan is saying about uh, the, the UK. Yeah, a bunch of car parks have burnt down in the UK, some with over 1,000 cars in it. It has been the cause... By electric car battery fires. Mm. Yeah. Which are toxic waste. <laughs> they have to be considered hazmat. Exactly. Um, I mean, there have, there have been deaths in the U.S. from it was a it was it um, uh, these electric scooters or something that set fire in this um, multi-story building and people died in the in the uh, levels above because this thing I mean when you get an electric car or or an electric battery it's an explosion it's not something that smolders and then grows it explodes and then it, it engulfs all those other things around it I mean it's just in, insane as I said insane. well what's what's insane is that you put a young girl in a car for a half an hour it's likely she'll walk out of there sterile because of the batteries really yeah oh yeah oh yeah the ba- the batteries the bottom of the car from the front to the back is all batteries and you've got a child sitting on top of that electromagnetic field mm. you know i mean i just did a program concerning DNA and how it can be affected by electromagnetic energy. Are, are you talking Tesla cars, Nancy? Yes. Oh, all, I'm sorry, I lost. Well, that all part. all electric. All of them. We're all based yeah. on the same technology. Oh, yeah, yeah. And coupled with the flipping death jabs, which is you know causing infertility. If they live long enough. Yeah. Quite. <laughs> Do you see Matthew Perry who bragged about he had every shot that you could yeah, ever yeah. get? He yeah. ends up dead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, brag, brag boy. What do you say now? 
Oh, dear. And there was something about Brooke Shields frothing at the mouth or something and having seizures. And I did not hear that. Yeah, that was out today. So, so she lived? Oh, yeah. She's oh. still alive, but uh, not, not very well, I don't think. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, well, I, I, I called my cousin, John, and um, I just had a I, I knew he I knew he had to be reassured we we're not going to have a nuclear war. I just knew it. But he, he was at the uh, lake and he said that they had just come from a funeral with his wife's brother for his wife's brother. And um, so then I hang up from from that one and. Uh, then I did certain days I could have time to call people. So I call my sister Mary and she's on her way to a funeral. And not only that, but she's got another one the next day. Hmm. And I'm wondering, do these people realize that a lot of people are dying? You know? Oh, it's all a coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, come on, people, wake up. I know. And this is the time they predicted people would start dying. Yep. Mm. Oh, and it's well, happening. The, the life insurance agencies are going out of their minds. They're going bankrupt because there's too many people asking for their insurance. Too many claims. Yeah. And I think the uh, funeral homes can't handle it either. Yeah. Yeah. They're probably so, getting rich, but. Yeah. But the whales are going to be saved. So that's a, well, the, yeah, because the, there were so many um, whales grounding, weren't there? Or beaching, I should say, because of the it was completely disrupting their sonar systems. Well, it was more than that. The 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 sound that they were making to do this, the explosions and everything else to build these things was causing um, essentially brain damage. Yeah. So that's the I way I understood it. I saw something today from Australia that said they were going to kill all these koala bears by hitting them on the back of the head with a hammer because they were in the way of a wind farm. I mean, oh these, my people gosh. Are, these people are demonic. I mean, there's They're, no oh. for it. Well, I'll oh. tell you, I bring up this great story, and you guys know how to just screw well, with Jan it. Well, Jan did it. Please, <laughs> Jan. <laughs> Holy criminy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't, want, I don't want that image in my head. Thank you, Jan. Oh, I can't get it out. Go away. Don't tell us things like that. Well, At the end of the show, like especially. It's oh. just another example of this inhumanity to the animal We don't people. need any more examples. We know. All right. All right. Yes, All don't right. share that with us. <clears throat> I mean, if it's we appreciate a bad animal, sharing, but not that stuff. If it's a bad animal story, don't tell it. Oh. If you don't know the problem, you can't do anything to resolve okay, it. Okay, now that I know the problem, Jan, what am I going to be able to do? We can all protest against it. Love blankets. But, oh, and that the, uh, the, uh, the koalas would love blankets. There you yeah. Go. Well, I've been. I've got a dome of a. I've got the Earth in a C60 dome that's just radiating proto energy of God. Love, love, love energy. 
Okay. Mm. I just I keep, see. you know, focusing in on that love energy. I send love blankets with, and I call them love blankets, etc., because I say uh, put energies in that each individual needs separately. <clears throat> so I send them out to the planet Earth, every living being on the planet Earth, to the universe beings, and to the galaxy beings. I do it every day. Please, people, even if you just do your neighbor, send out at least one love blanket a day, please. Absolutely. And, you know, now you can specifically target some of the koalas, which you wouldn't have known oh, to if I hadn't man. mentioned it. Oh, <laughs> mute her. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, Jim. You made me uh, anticipate an awful night with my thought. I got to get it out. Is this no, a world? Is this a world of ideas? On, just focus on the love blankets. Don't focus on the problem. This is what I keep saying. Focus on the outcome, not the problem. <laughs> okay. It's fixed. It's fixed. Mm. Okay. Bless it all. May it all be blessed. Mm. And you can get a gold star for it, Jan. <laughs> I don't need them, but thank you. <laughs> so this has been a fun show, I guess. Um, I never did. a black star from me. <laughs> <laughs> don't dwell on it. See it fixed. See it fixed. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying. Oh my gosh. Okay. On our timeline, they are absolutely perfectly safe. Yes, that's how I do it. My timeline. Yes, yeah. yes. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you. Don't well, say it, Jan. Thanks, Nancy. <laughs> <laughs> We're almost at the end of the show. You think we can get out of here without her saying something else? Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I don't know. Mute her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I won't come on again then. Oh, no, no, please, well, no, but thank you for staying up for us. You know, that was fun. And, um, yes, good luck with the new formula. Um, thank you. Yeah, I'm hoping you get it to me a little earlier next time. Oh, I will. Don't worry. I, it was still it was still not quite as late as I have done in the past, I have to say. Yeah, that's true. That's hey, true. the time changes here in the U.S. Can you explain to me, does it change tonight at 2 yeah, in overnight. the morning that will be Sunday morning? Yes. Right. Yes. So it Sunday, does. when I get up, it's going to be, at my usual time, it's going to be an hour later. Sweet, uh, fall ahead. No. Behind, back. Okay, back. tomorrow tomorrow it's going to be 7 o'clock. We've got to go here. Thank okay. you, everybody. Appreciate it. You want to say good night? Good night. And thank you for including me. Okay. Share the love. Keep the peace. Later. Thank love you. Love blankets. Love blankets. Good night, Amen. everybody. everybody. <laughs> Say what? Say what radio show? With no agenda. It's always a surprise. But if we're not having fun, we're doing something wrong.